As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the Bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, joined as always. You forgot to announce your name. <laughs> I'm so excited for your name. I'm so excited for your name because I thought of it while I was sitting in the airport. And I'm so excited to say it that I forgot right. to announce my name. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Scrotes McGoats. What's oh, up, dude? dude. <laughs> God, Scrotes short for scrotum. Wait. Somebody. But you can take some solace in knowing that in one of the saddest moments I've had, because as you know, when I drop my daughter off, I turn into a depressed, very, very sad human for like a week. It takes me a while to bounce back. You can take some comfort in knowing that I was sitting doing Brav Bros stuff because I was trying to stay occupied while I was yep. waiting for my return flight after dropping my daughter off after the summer. It's always a sad time for me. But I was sitting there and I was listening to the intro of one of our episodes. And I was like, oh, I got to think of a new shooter name this week. And it just came to me. It was like, oh, At least scrotes. it came to you that way. I was going to ask you how else it could have come to you. Just sitting there like, oh, I got to think of a name like Scoots, Shoots, Sloots. What else do I got? A scro 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 scroats. I've, I've never said scroats in my whole life. Have. So, yeah. Uh, well, going through my mind, I was like, oh, Steel's in the airport bathroom, saw a dude balls. No, no, and no. I said, oh, what's another name for I balls? I mean, yeah, I, unintentionally. I yeah. might have seen a, a sack or two, but no. That came to my, I just popped in my head, but it did make me smirk. And like in a moment where I was super duper bummed out, I got a little, little reprieve. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that I can bring you joy. <laughs> Sad times. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I took a little trip this weekend to go see my cousin. I had one funny anecdote. Had a really good weekend. Recharged, played a little golf, went out for a long weekend. I went up to the bar and randomly started talking to this girl sitting next to me. And she looked at me dead in the eyes and goes, you look like a young, hot Pablo Escobar. <laughs> what? I had no idea what to say. I just burst out in laughter at that point because, I, you know, you get like the run of the mill ones all the time. That was a really funny. I don't even know if it was a pickup line. I was expecting the to hot say, part was, was like, oh, you're you're shooter. From no, the no, I didn't know. No recognition out there. Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Shout out. So if you do live in Columbus, and you didn't see me this weekend. Sucks. If you did see me, you didn't say anything. You heard. Also, mind your business because you I don't heard. know what I was up to for the most part. Uh, but yeah, no, you know, ready to get back into it. Got a great show for you coming up tonight. Um, we have to start it off on a sad note. A lot of people Oops. are asking for um, updates on Reba. A lot of people have reached out asking about GoFundMe's and all sorts of really wonderful things. The response to the dog fiasco, if you didn't listen last week, um, I found and rescued a very, very neglected dog. I named her Reba. We were doing everything we could. We got her to an animal hospital where she was getting the best care she could get. Unfortunately, Reba did not make it. Her previous owner was such a pile of shit that they made her life so miserable that she just simply could not, simply could not fight anymore. So... So I took some comfort in knowing that the last 24 hours of its life, it was actually in a hospital. It was getting treatment. It was actually being taken care of. But to everybody that reached out, thank you so much for your thoughts, your prayers for Reba. 
she's truly in a better place now after, you know, seeing what she went through. So, uh, we're looking into who the owner was and possible legal action and recourse and what we can do to get back at the person that did this because I'm fucking livid, super sad. Uh, but thank you to our amazing listeners. You guys reached out like three or four people said something about starting a GoFundMe. So the fact that you guys were as invested as we were, thank you so much. Um, just say a little, little prayer tonight for Reba. She's in a much better place, like I said, but she did not make it, unfortunately. Yeah. RIP Reba. Yes. This episode is dedicated to Reba. Yeah. This one's dedicated to Reba. All right. But uh but let's get into uh the bravo of everything. Uh, we got to do our power rankings. It's our we're back to our two episodes a week, thank God. Um like I said, it it throws me off when we don't do two. It does. It certainly does. Obviously, we had a lot of things going on the last couple of weeks with the live show and Poppy's uh, in town. Poppy's in town. Orange County is a fucking trash pile of a show, so that doesn't help. Um but yeah, we're back. Here we are. Here we are. And I want to actually, before we do the power rankings, I want to ask you, because we're getting closer to our first ever BravoCon. Oh, yeah. We've been getting a lot of questions about it. Are we going to be there? What are we doing for BravoCon? We are going to be there. Shoots and Steel will be at BravoCon. We do not know what to expect. Nope. We need to book our hotels this week. Yep. <laughs> but it's a perpetual thing that we talk about yeah. every week. No, no. But this week, we are going to book the hotel room. How are you feeling about it? Are you excited, apprehensive, perhaps? Honestly, so I was talking to my cousin about this. I have actually never been to Vegas, and I'm happy that I'm going there under this pretense rather than just going in general. Can I share something with you? What's that? I've been to Vegas once when I was 16 just because my dad was managing oh. a baseball game. So I haven't really been to Vegas either. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like honestly, if I were just to go say I was going for a golf trip or going for a bachelor party or whatever, it could get weird and dark and I might not make it home. <laughs> at least, you're at least that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think about. Uh, but this way, you know, I'm going to have a good like work life balance going on out there. So I won't be able to really screw my life up. So Plus that's you great. That's your sober friend going with yeah. you. So <laughs> okay. you point out the dumb shit as long as I don't escape you, which I might. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've had to chase you guys around drunk for the last five years. I've gotten pretty good at it. Well, get me a leash. I'll get you a leash. And a, a leash couple. Oh, no, I'll get you a balloon. I'll tie a balloon <laughs> yeah. to you so I can just look I've in actually... the crowd and be like, where the fuck shoot up? There he is. <laughs> I did that before. I was on a work trip in uh, Dallas, and we went out downtown Dallas, and one of my friends decided to give me a balloon because I was known for just leaving the group and doing my own thing for the you most are. part. But here's the thing. When you go out with Shooter, so he may disappear for like an hour. It's alarming to some. If you know Shooter, he will be back. And there's no telling where he went. It could be another bar. Yep. It could be a bar in another part of the city that you would need to take an Uber to get to. But he will always come back. Yep. <laughs> Let's find my way back home. <laughs> it's really true. He does. He just vanishes. Then he pops back up. You might even switch locations. This is the most shocking part. And no one will hear from him. Like, we might go to a new bar and be like, where's Shooter? Be like, oh, I don't know. He'll pop up at the new bar. and be like, hey. And a lot of times he'll show up there with new people. <laughs> Got to make new friends. <laughs> so definitely tying a balloon to you in Vegas, but I uh, might also wear a GoPro so I can document the entire thing. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to do what Bravo does and turn it off after like 11. Yeah, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll turn our, our camera phones on for the real stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited for BravoCon. We are going to be there, so we will see you all out there. Uh, give us recommendations on what to do. We don't really know. It's our first one ever. So Yeah, and I imagine it's going to be weird for a lot of people because it's the first time it's in Vegas. Oh, uh, that's true, too. So it's going to be a whole new setup, which is perfect for us because, yes, like you said, we get recommendations. Say it was in New York. People can tell us what to do. 
I think structurally it'll, it'll be the same for the most part. At least that's what we understand from the people that we've talked to. But as far as locations go, nobody knows what to expect. Yeah. So you're in it with us. Yeah. We all. And you know what? Mind your business if I'm gambling on like a Mac football game at like 1230 on Saturday. I've never been pool. to Vegas before. Leave I've never alone, been to Vegas. I got to right? get a little bit of that action in there, you know? I'll make sure. Action, get, if you will. Make sure he gets home. Yep. <laughs> action. I want to. Nice. If anybody here knows Maction. Uh, they play on like Tuesday nights, though. But yeah, it's all right. Uh, but let's get to power rankings. Let's get back on track here. Power rankings for our current shows. This is a wacky one, honestly, because I think that it changes a lot with these. I'm really excited for like other shows to come back. Yeah. Like Summer House is coming in September. I'm excited for that. We saw that Lindsay and Danielle, I guess, are cool again. We've seen some pictures pop up with them. They were in Montauk together. Uh, Summer House is not back in September. That's uh, Southern Charm. Southern Charm. Thank yes. you. Summer House is... Probably later than that. They're still filming. They, they filmed... They just through... dropped the trailer. They filmed Labor Day weekend. through. That was Southern Charm. Oh, fuck. Oh, you know why I'm getting confused? Why? Because we get Paige. Austin and Craig and Paige yeah. kind of go no, back. Southern Charm forward. looks awesome. Southern Charm, that trailer looked great. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited for Southern Charm to come back. Um, Summer House, my bad. They're filming right now. Yes. Not coming back probably till the winter. That's my my fault. People are going to okay. be up in arms. I assume that Winter House will be coming out soon. Though. I don't care. I know. I don't. That's another. You know what? That's another one that they should actually delay. I think it'll just be Sad Schwartz having to answer a bunch of questions about Sandoval the whole time, oh, and because he was the only one who went, right? Yeah. Either like they had to both come back, or Schwartz had gone and Sandoval didn't. Sandoval didn't go, and then Schwartz supposedly came back to film the rest of VPR, then went back to Winter House and came back for the reunion. Okay. That's if I get my timeline right there. So, so we've got that coming out. We got Beverly Hills coming out. I think October. No, that was November. November. Um. Yeah, you got to stay with us. I know that we got one bad review one time. It's like, these guys never know when these fucking shows are. Who cares? All right? You know what? We're not talking about the show as if it just aired yesterday. It's not like we missed a show that aired yesterday. We're talking about shows that are coming out in a few months. Fuck off. Are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm fully recharged. Last, last couple of weeks, I was stretched so thin and so tired, and now I'm like, all right, I'm back. Well, it's good to have you back at full force here. Uh, you're really not pulling any punches tonight, but... um. But let's fuck it. We keep missing the power rankings. Right? We keep getting sidetracked. Power rankings. No preamble. No postamble. No no ambling. All right. No ambling. Uh, <laughs> power rankings are as follows. <laughs> Crappy Lake still high at the top. Yeah. It is so enjoyable. I'm having a lot of fun watching it. Uh, it's so funny because now I wish they were like 35 minute episodes because I'm enjoying it so much. They're too like, short. The, yeah. <laughs> So we're, we're the fucking worst. I know. If you guys can't tell, we're never happy. You know why? Because we're Philly sports fans. I Philly think that this fans. is where it roots from. Yeah. So we are never happy with second place. But Roni has moved into number two for me. It was actually down below Atlanta last week, but Roni moved back up. I thought that this was a really good episode. We got to know everybody a little bit more, especially on a deeper level, as we'll get into. I've got Atlanta at three, but really close to Roni. Honestly, mm -hmm. I wouldn't argue with one or the other. And then deep in like the San Andreas fault somewhere is OC. Yeah, that's fair. Like just deep down there. I couldn't go any deeper. I'm going to go. I'm right with you. Uh, I think that for me, Roni is higher than Atlanta by a larger margin. I still enjoy Atlanta. Larger margin. Larger margin. Is that the wrong thing? No, it's just hard to say. I think with Atlanta, like the drama is good and I'm, I'm intrigued by the whole Drew thing. I think maybe... I could be letting commenters like leak into my opinions a little bit, which I don't love. Yeah, don't do that. But just more so like when they say that the drama in previous seasons has been so great and like the stuff, you know, when they had NeNe leaks on the show and they had some of the older 
cast members on the show that there was so much better just as far as what was going on that I think that the Drew drama and to her credit, like I feel like Drew's really carried the season, whether you like her or hate her, regardless, she's been the center point for most of the shit going on. But I feel like maybe she's not the character to do that. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. she doesn't have the star power to allow for her to carry an entire season. I think we said that even before all this Ralph stuff started. Yeah. She was in the middle of a couple of different situations. And while, yeah, she wasn't my favorite to start off with just because I recognized her as like a candy crony. Now she's kind of taken center stage. And like I, like you just said, I, I really don't think that she has the star power. I don't think she's polarizing enough. Or maybe it's just that people don't like her as much as maybe say Candy See, or Kenya. Like they don't. St- I should say Stan her as much. I think that that as newcomers to all this, that's what the vibe that I get. Yes, that people don't like Drew as much, so they're not as excited about her. They might just feel indifferent about her. You know what I mean? Like if you feel indifferent about somebody and then they take center stage, you aren't going to be happy about it. If you hate somebody and they take center stage, you're going to watch and you're going to have a lot of opinions. If you love somebody and they take center stage, you're going to defend them until you're dead. So you think the show is being hurt by indifference? Yes, probably. That's a really, I think that's a good analysis. Yeah. We could be completely wrong about this, but if you just look at the analysis in a nutshell, I think it's a great analysis. I think it's a great analysis as well, but you know, that's, that's where I sit with Atlanta. And then yeah, OC is, I I don't even care about it. I really truly don't care about it. We're going to watch it. We're talking about it this week. So we're back to our OC recap. Don't worry for all you people still watching OC. It just, it really, the overproduction, Tamara forcing it week in and week out. Every second she's on the screen is intolerable. But but we're back with Crappy Lake and we're going to kind of run through the last two episodes a little bit. Just touch on multiple parts. It's so delightful to have this little snack of a show. It really is. And we talk about it every week, but it's so good. And it's so easy to watch. This is one of those shows that if there was three seasons out, I would probably play it on Netflix. Just let it run. And like, yeah. you can check in for a little while. You can check out and then you're not lost. Exactly. And it's I it look, it could be because obviously there are two mainstays. I think it's just it's the perfect storm of everything. It's two people that everybody genuinely likes and enjoyed on screen while they were on Roni. Now they're back. They're leaning so far into actually helping the town and having fun and not complaining about shit all the time. I can't imagine you throw, you know, two new people who have been on a show for a season. Say you take two new people from Roni, the new Roni. I don't know if they do as well here because you're going to get somebody like Jessel who's just going to complain the whole time. They're not complaining about anything. They're actually helping out. They actually care about what's going on. And they're having so much fun. They're invested. They're and invested in the town. We also don't really, like, we know enough about the two of them. We don't need to invest in their backstory or anything else that's going on it's just a fun show to put on it was look we give bravo a lot of shit for production this is a moment where they deserve some some credit because the casting was perfect yep. that setting is perfect you know what like you said you know enough about these two that we don't need to waste time with oh where they come from what are they about or what have they been up to like right. we don't even really care no there's like, no, there's no reason to dive into it so you dive right into the town and the fact that they're taking this on as Simple life, but actually giving a shit. Mm-hmm. It makes it work. The whole thing works. You have this, it's charming in a certain way. You actually start to like a lot of these townspeople. You know, Akash from the motel is hysterical. Yeah. I love that dude. I love Craig, who's out there. And I guess why I really like it is because you get the opinions of the townspeople when they get there. Yes. Right? I like that. Too. First reactions like, oh God, like I gotta work on I gotta go out here with these two ladies and try to build a park. Are you shitting me? Blah, blah, blah. Park gets built. And Craig says, you know what? 
they dress like that. They show up and they look like that, but they get their hands dirty. They get the job done. He got choked up talking about Luann and Sonia and him being able to give one last thing to the town before he retires. Yeah. Like, and he said that he grew up in that neighborhood and he didn't really get to see anything good happen in that neighborhood. And now he sees this happen and he had a lot of fun. He even said, I work so hard and I do all this and that and whatever. These women are running me into the grounds because they have more work ethic than I do. Which is great. Which is awesome. And he did not think that when they first showed up. You see the mayor even felt that kind of way. Everybody has all their reservations about these women showing up because they don't really know who they are. They don't know what to expect. It could be a complete shit show. And it's not because they're actually helping. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 hilarious. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's everything that you want in a show, especially in the summer when it's sort of dead-ish. And we're going to talk mostly about this most recent episode. There's a couple of things from last week's episode that I would love to point out. One, I'm super excited for the playground as well. Okay. I do not want to take anything away from the playground. That's a place set. It is a place. That's a place set. That's not a playground. But it's, if you think about it as a foundation, you've got, the sure. place set in there, maybe you throw a couple more Absolutely. things in there, you're good to go. I fully agree with that. Yeah. My problem is Luann and Sonia are talking about this single play set as though it's the greatest playground in the history of all playgrounds. It's an amazing thing. They got the playground. It is a foundation in which to build upon. Yep. That's a play set. It is. Second it's thing. a play set. Second thing. Did you notice... Uh, please tell me you noticed when they did the little cam or sorry, not the cameo, the montage of the people playing on the playground. Oh yeah. It was all men and women. No, no, no. Not any kids. That, that so there's me. one clip and I was like, wait a minute. It's a kid sliding down a little twirly slide. Yeah. There's wood chips all around him. There is no open face twirly slide on that playset. There are no wood chips. They just got a clip of a kid sliding down a random slide from a random park. You know what? And plugged it in. <laughs> that did it stood out to me only because as I was watching it, I was thinking, why are there only adults here on this playset? It doesn't make any sense. I don't see any children running around. Isn't mm-hmm. this for kids? Why are all these parents and weird adults just jumping all over this thing? And then that popped up, and instead of probably honing in on what you honed in on, I thought, oh, well, there's a kid. All right, I guess I'll leave that alone. No, I got. I was like, wait. That's I got stuck on the wood awesome. chips. I'm going to have like, to go back and rewatch. Hold on. I rewound it twice just to make sure. I was like, yeah, that's that's just a random kid on a random slide. <laughs> that's so funny. They probably realized the same thing. It was so good. But let's talk about this week's episode. We get a hot tub at the hotel. Do you go in hotel hot tubs? God, no. I don't either. No. I don't either. I don't go in nice hotel hot tubs. I would definitely not. And look, I've stayed in a lot of motels. I don't have anything negative to say about a motel. No. I'm not getting in a motel hot tub. No, definitely not. Not happening. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I'm even hesitant to get into like a big one that's in my room, like with the jets and everything. But that's just, you know, you make it yourself hot tub. Oh, in the hotel room? BYO hot tub? BYOB. Bring your own bubbles, baby. Bring your own bubbles, baby. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm even hesitant to get into that and not obviously watching Sonya get into that tub while everybody else is working. I don't know. It's yeah, teach their own. It's very funny, but I would never do it. Oh, God, yeah, no. God, no. I would not get into that hot tub. Well, like, also, I think tubs, like, random people sitting there and stew in their own filth, and then you're going to go do that. They don't wash those tubs. They're not bleaching the tub every time people God, leave. No. I mean, Akash even said that they've never had any upgrade in, what, 47 years Since or something? Since they opened the hotel. Yeah. yeah. So do you think they're going to clean that thing? And that that was actually the owner of whatever hot tub company dropped that thing off. He came over and said, well, yeah, what kind of maintenance or whatever are you going to have to do? Like, is this thing going to break down? Is it going to get gross? 
And the owner said, well, no, as long as you clean it. He's not going to clean it that often, no. if ever. I also think that they're only going to redo those two rooms. I do not think they're going to redo. They the said that. Thing. They yeah. said. Oh, they did say yeah, that. Yeah, they're okay. going to turn it into like the Sonia and Luann suite. Yeah. So like, you, one's the chic suite. That's Luann's. Yes. And then Sonia, I don't know what's going to be called, but the plaque is going to say Sonia fucked here. Yes. Instead yes. of Sonia was here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. The other part I want to talk about the dog shelter. We're going to go through everything they got done. They got the fences put in there so that the dogs can go outside and run around. All of these things are kind of minor and, you know, they're stuff that Sonia and Luann can literally break out their checkbook and change things. What's amazing to see is that's true of anybody with money in a situation where they can like, it's so easy for you to help. You Mm -hmm. have the funds to do so, break out the checkbook and just do it. These two continuously do that for this town. It's really refreshing to see. They don't really even hesitate. It's like, oh, they need this, write a check. Oh, they need this, write a check. They try to wheel and deal where they can, but when push comes to shove, they just pay for shit. Yeah. And they're not scheduling a boxing match with Elon Musk. They're just <laughs> only going to benefit themselves. Mark Zuckerberg's just catching Oh, I understand. But man, we're going to have to That's what we're talking out. about. The people that have money that don't do anything for Absolutely. But it, it's just nice to see them actually give a fuck about this town. And the only other thing that we really need to talk about is Courtney Cox. Um <laughs> which I never thought I'd be saying. You know, the Courtney Cox of Crappy Lake. He's working on a song with these lovely ladies, and I just think that it's it's funny to watch their process. Luann takes this shit so seriously. Part of me respects that. I know that she does. You know, she's coming to Philly in September. She's doing, like, the, was it, Cabaret, Countess Cabaret. From what I've heard, ticket sales are really good at these things. A lot of people go. A lot of people really enjoy them. It's a variety show. I appreciate taking your work seriously. This is a variety show in Benton to highlight this town's people, the town's folk. It's not going to be America's Got Talent. You can't treat it as such. And she's standing like with the mic and her wig on, and she's yelling demands at these poor children who are just trying to get out there and perform who do not understand what she's saying. Yeah. Go wait in the wings. And she's like, what? What? Yeah, no, no. She actually said that second (laughs) to try to get through further to that child. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. She actually said, don't come on stage until the music starts. And the kid's just staring at her. And then she said, go wait in the wings. Like as if that's going to break through. That's going to make it easier. Oh, uh, the wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are the wings? Stage references. Yeah. (laughs) Stage things. Stay on track. Look at me. No, but it's funny because you do, even in that moment, like, yes, I know that she's trying to direct people that have absolutely no idea what she's talking about. And she's taking it too seriously. But in the same time, you get the dynamic between her and Sonia. And Sonia's just sitting there stuffing her face yeah, and with whatever's going on, laughing at her and calling her a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are subscriptions for everything these days, from streaming services to your fitness program. If you want to watch a TV show, you need to subscribe. If you want to order food, you got to subscribe. If you want to walk your dog, you got to subscribe. You got to subscribe to everything and anything these days. But with that, it's very easy to forget just what you signed up for. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending $80 on subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to $200. When you're signed up for so many things, like streaming services you use to watch one show or free trials for a delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bill for you by up to 20%. 
All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 per year. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. That's rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. Rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. But that takes us to Roni, and I thought that this was the best episode yet. Yes, I agree. I think mainly because now we're starting to get to know the women on a deeper level. We're starting mm-hmm. to see how they operate, how they operate with one another, and the drama is starting to happen, but it does seem organic. It does not seem forced. We're getting some wild cards as far as who's stirring the shit. Never thought we'd see Jenna at the helm, which is well, exciting I, for I me. I love that the Bravo producers held her to it. I do too. Uh, for her to say, oh yeah, I didn't really want to stir any shit, then why'd you say it, Jenna? Plain. Why'd you say it and leave that in there? And she just goes, ah, I don't know. I just, you know, old woman brain. Like, no, you said it for a reason in there, maybe subconsciously, but you did say it. So we need to hold you accountable. And I like that. Yes, I know Jenna's like a fan favorite, but like you said, like we got a little bit of everything in this and I like the direction they're going in. You know why I think I like it? More so than the other show, especially like let's talk about in comparison to Dubai. And I know that Roni is technically a continuation of the old Roni, but it's a new franchise, right? Why I like it is all these women didn't know each other. And a lot of people think that some of the big fallouts of these shows is that you put casts together that don't have a background. Sure. These women don't all have a background, but they genuinely seem to enjoy hanging out together, even though they don't all necessarily like each other. They don't all fuck with each other. But when they go out, even when there's drama, they have fun. It's yeah. I, I think the reason that I like it is it's something that, and if you want to juxtapose it to Dubai, you can. Bravo has been leaning into, as we talk about all the time, the inorganic bullshit, just trying to stir things up that really nobody cares about anymore. In this show, they're kind of letting them build on their own. Yes. Rather than pushing them in a direction, finding something that they can all kind of get mad about and try to run with that. They're letting them build, and I think this is the best way to build because, one, we're seeing them have fun. Two, this episode in particular, you get, which I think is super important for people to even see on TV, which we do not get in most – I mean, yeah, we get some real moments, but between the Uba conversation with her manager or her mentor, if you will, and what Bryn was talking about later in the episode, there are real moments where these people are actually talking about like their actual mental health, mm-hmm. which I think is super important to see on reality shows. Like, Yes, it's not all about – how much money these women have, how much they spend, how cool is their house, do they have cars, do they dress well, do they wear cool shoes? Like, yeah, that's a part of it. I can enjoy that. We can enjoy that. Yes, it's about drama. Yes, it's about all this and that and whatever. But when you break it down to that, to see something like that on TV, like, yeah, there's a ton of people out there that are watching these shows that are watching somebody break down with people that, like you said, that they don't really know that well with Bryn and this whole group. It's important to watch somebody talk about how they're feeling because yeah. it normalizes those things because those type type of people try to maybe shelter it and keep it inward so that they don't dump all their shit on someone else because they feel like that's not the right way to go. This can open up a lot of different channels. And yeah, there's going to be people out there that don't like it because they only want to care about what kind of clothes this person's wearing. But I think this is more important for reality TV because it actually speaks to us on a deeper level and especially early in a show we get to know these women on that deeper level and then we can figure out how we want to move forward as a fan that's well said do you think that it's a generational thing 
Like, and I mean yes. this, like, let's think about how. I don't think it's, I don't think it's solely Bravo. I think it's a generational yeah. thing. I think these women are a little bit younger. I think that they understand maybe their mental intel or their emotional intelligence rather is a lot higher than it has been in the past. But that's also not to blame the older generations because they weren't allowed to have emotional intelligence. No, that's what I'm saying. Like so, we were brought up in a time, especially in the past, uh, shit, 10 years or so, I would yeah. say it's been much more mainstream to to be vulnerable, to mm-hmm. be open, to discuss things, especially for men. Like it, it's starting to be less of a stigma to open yourself up, allow yourself to be emotional. And I think that as we're seeing some housewives as part of our generation and more of this age group, you're going to see more of it. We saw it with Martha's Vineyard, yeah, right? They had a lot more conversations about emotions and how people were feeling and being, being receptive to those feelings. And I think that in order to connect with the new audience and some people might say, Oh, snowflakes and all those stupid fucking words that people use when they can't like look inward and just tell someone, yeah, I'm not feeling great today. (laughs) But I do think it's an important thing. And it's an important distinction to carry these new shows forward because that's how we view the world now. And we want to see that reciprocated in the cast members. I don't want to see ice cold people being ice cold to each other all the time. It's it, it wears out. It wears out. It's just not fun to watch. And at the end of the day, you need to figure out how to get more into this generation. This is how you do it. I think so. I don't care what if people are going to bitch about it all the time online. And I, look, I didn't see anybody bitching, but I, you know, there's always somebody bitching. There's always somebody, but let's dive right in. So we're in the morning after, and Bryn and Aaron seem good. They slept in the same bed together. And I think that Aaron kind of says it perfectly. I think Bryn is the type, it's like he just, it's hard to stay mad at her. I think so too. You know, yeah. She just brings that energy where, yeah, you fucked up, but you're such a good time and it you definitely didn't mean it to be mean. You're just you, you're Bryn. So like we're moving past that. And we finally get shakshuka for breakfast, which is amazing. And I'm so excited they get to eat the shakshuka. The shakshuka looks amazing. Jessel said it's a top. Th- she gets a compliment from Jessel. I know. That's how you know it's good shakshuka. But she still cannot avoid any shade as size like, I can't eat this. Was a soggy eggs in red tomato sauce? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's exactly Not only that, but coupling that, that comment from Sai about the food that Erin made for everybody with her saying that she wasn't fed all weekend. I know. Like, we can't just get everybody to be happy. No. Like, Jessel's finally okay. She's probably not going to complain about anything for at least a couple of weeks because now she had that discussion with her husband, which we'll get to. Now you've got Sai bitching about this. Yep. It's like, I, I, look, I get it. I do think that maybe Aaron maybe overlooked a couple of things as far as providing food for everybody there because if you're not going to do that, people are going to be hungry. That's okay. But she doesn't deserve that shit. No, but what it tells me... And this is why Aaron has continued to move up a little bit. She's not my favorite. But I like that she can take a punch. Yeah. Like, it does not face her. And these these women have been really rude overall to her and her house and her caviar and her shakshuka. And food in general has been an issue this weekend. That would send so many housewives over the top. Think about, God forbid, Ultimate Girls Trip, Bluestone Manor. Oh, God. Imagine one woman complaining about any of the meals. That would have been world. Dorinda would have shut the place down and kicked them all out of yep. the house. This is nice because Aaron's like, this is fucking annoying. She's like relating to us, the viewer, because we're like, this is annoying. Stop complaining. She's saying the same thing. So it's a connection. I like that. Don't love her, but I like that. I love that Uba has her own hot sauce line. Yeah, that looks awesome. We're going to have to get some Uba hot sauce. Without a doubt. I yeah. would love to put this out there. You know what I'm saying? Put that and out there in the universe uh, verbally. Uba hot sauce. 
Uba. We'll, we'll probably end up just buying it ourselves. Yeah. It's an Oprah favorite thing. Like that's a big deal. Uba's awesome. Yeah, Uba is incredible. She actually she impresses me every week, honestly. She it, I mean, like Chanel and we keep comparing her to Chanel because they're cousins, but Chanel was so polarizing, but she didn't really have she maybe she did one or two have like a weaker moment. To see Uba go from having that much fun, she's got her own hot sauce, and then she has that moment with her mentor later. She's well-rounded. She's more relatable. Yes, I think that's it's, true. It, she seems more, whereas Chanel Ion seems like she was doing the most for the camera. It was successful. Yes. She was very successful. I love Chanel Ion. I'm not, this is no knock on her, but the route that she took and her approach to being a housewife was big, glamorous, all the time. I don't on. think that's even her fault. I think that's what they wanted from Dubai. For Dubai, totally. I think that that's, Dubai again, production sucked. pushing. But with Uba, you get that part of it, but you also get the humanity of it. You get like what she's going through. You just get to connect with her on a deeper level. And yep. again, I think that we can fault production for that. I think that if you bring Ion to New York, as we said a long time ago, you might get that out of her. So I'm still hoping we get an Uba Ion super team. But anyway... As Shooter said, we get to dive into more personal things this episode, and the first thing we're going to talk about is Bryn, and we're going over Thanksgiving plans for everybody, and Bryn talks about how she has a, a difficult time with the holidays because of her upbringing, and we learned that she was legally adopted by her grandmother, the, her mom's mom, because her parents really weren't in the picture. She also discloses that she is biracial. She grew up, I believe her dad was black and her mom was white. Yep. And grew up in Indiana where it's really a fascinating backstory, honestly. And she grew up with a white grandmother who was her legal guardian who didn't know how to do her hair. It's a very different process doing a black child's hair versus a white child. And luckily, they were talking to somebody and they're like, oh, you have to send them to my salon. And this is such a cool backstory moment because Bryn's talking about how she would go to the black hair salon every week on Saturday. And she would sit there and... Just as most barbershops, hair salons in general, when you sit there, you shoot the shit. You know the other people in there, like the barbershop that I go to or went to for the longest time before everybody started quitting. It was pandemic-related, and then that place went downhill, but no one works there anymore. Hey, what happened to that guy? I genuinely don't know. The, oh, the one guy? That guy? Oh, that guy got... Yeah, he's in legal trouble. He Venmo'd your... Or he Venmo, this man <laughs> got into some shit. I'm not going to get into the full story, but something happened at the shop. And another one of our buddies got his hair cut there. This man reached out to our friend on Venmo, Venmo, and messaged him and said, everything you heard about me is bullshit. If you want me to make a house call and come cut your hair like I'm doing house calls now, this man, what he did, he should not be making house calls to anybody. He's a scumbag. But that's, yeah, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. The point being to hear about how she was able to connect with her, her heritage and black culture in general through going to the salon was really interesting to see that side of Bryn. And we know that we're going to be getting these introductions and getting further into these women. I think so far they've done everything organically, yeah. honestly. And I thought that this was probably the best one yet. And obviously there's still more, but we raved about how Jenna's backstory, the way that she presented it, where she started from the bottom and got all the way to the top of J. Crew. You hear Bryn's and it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's fascinating. It's crazy and you're you can only cheer for her at the end yeah and this is the thing like yes we are spending the first couple episodes because this is what we do finding people that we don't really like and we don't really care for the way that they talk to each other and this and that and whatever but overall i don't dislike like 
vehemently dislike anybody on the show. No. I'm actually still rooting for all of them. And it would be a really weird dynamic if by the end of the season, we're still sitting here like, wow, I actually still like all of these women. Yeah. It would be very new for Bravo, honestly, because there's always one person that you're like, nah, nah, fuck Nah, she sucks. But my whole thing is what you're saying. Like, yeah, I can see this being a show in which maybe I'm not going to be everyone's favorite or everyone's not going to be my favorite. But if I can at least be like, oh, yeah, they're all good for the show. I understand it. Like, that would be a huge W. Yes. But let's keep going. And that takes us right into Aaron. We finally get her backstory a little bit, which was also interesting. And she doesn't have the same upbringing at all. Like she was born into a real estate family. This family, we're talking, they're selling buildings in New York City. They're selling whole buildings. She's like, I sold my first building when I was like 22 years old or some shit. Yeah. Like, okay, so we're talking like, fuck it. Like I was, I was coloring in books when my mom was showing apartments and full buildings to Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, they're they're like pretty much the realtors to the stars, more or less. And she opened up Homegirl Designs, which is in my, you know, stupid brain, a genius idea. It's like, yeah, you're selling buildings and then you offer to design the building. That's a twofer. That's two birds with one stone, baby. We love a double dip. We do. So I enjoy getting Aaron's backstory. I'm glad that it was there's no vagueness here. It's not, and we were even saying that we were skeptical about Aaron, that, oh, I think we're going to get one of those situations where we don't get the whole backstory, how'd you make your money, blah, blah, blah. Right. Got it. This is how she made her money. It all tracks. That makes sense. Yeah, you would have that lavish lifestyle if your parents were that rich. You're selling buildings. I get it. Let's move on. And also, not every backstory has to be super heavy. No, it can Some be. Some can just be pretty straightforward. Yeah, it like, can be my parents were realtors. They sold buildings in New York to celebrities, and I do the same thing now, and that's why I'm fucking loaded. Yep. Cool. That's all we need. We just need Balance. to know why. And as if the emotions aren't high enough, then we get to dive into Uba a little bit. And Uba's sitting with Kathleen, who's a mentor and a friend, and she works with Uba. She's a manager in some respect. And we start talking about Uba Hot, which is her hot sauce line. And she's trying to take this to the next level. She's talking about investors, potentially. She needs some capital. You know, we all do. We all need, we a, all little need a little capital. We just need a little capital to get this baby off the ground, but... But she asked Kathleen, why is it so hard for me to receive? And it took me a minute to understand what she was saying. Like, receive what? And I think it's help. Mm-hmm. Like, receive help, whether it's financial help or just help in general. She talks about how growing up with her family, it was a very, very much like a community vibe. And I thought that Kathleen had an interesting response. Because while Kathleen is giving her a shoulder to cry on, Kathleen hammers it home how alone Uba is and her family's not there. I couldn't get away from that. I know she's being nice, but she keeps saying over and over again, you don't have anybody here. Your family's not here. They are not here. I took it a little differently. I don't think that she was necessarily hammering at home. I thought that she was allowing... intentional. Oh, no, not at all. But I think that what she was doing is allowing Uba to feel the way that she felt because she could tell that Uba was... Uba started it off by saying, you know, my mom's not here and I would lean on my mom for this and that and whatever. I think that what she was trying to do is say, look, like you've gotten far on your own. Your uh, family's not okay. here with you anymore and you've already gotten this far. You can keep going. And okay. then Uba was even talking in a way, which I really appreciated the way Kathleen went about it. Because Kathleen, treading that line of being sort of like a business consultant while also being a really good friend, like you said, being a shoulder to cry on while also doing something else, she was still pushing – all of the different linguistics, if you will, about what Uba was saying. She's talking about how she needs capital. She's saying that she needs to sell off equity. And Kathleen tried to change it a little bit and say, no, you need to present them with the opportunity. This thing is huge. You built this yourself. And it's gotten so big. You're not really asking for help. 
you're offering someone else an opportunity to really take it to the next level. So I did appreciate the way that she was giving that insight. And I feel like, at least for me, that was like comforting insight. No, I, I think the whole scene overall was comforting. Yeah, I'm not knocking Kathleen. I'm saying you could have done with one or two less. Yeah, you're really alone. I did, and she just kept saying it. I was like, all right, we get it. She's alone. She's crying. She's alone. You got your point across. I'm not saying that it was vindictive in nature. I'm saying it, I just think she said it too many times. It was times. too many times. Too okay. many times. That's like fair. one or all two right. less. But, and in the next scene, we get Sai, and this is when she's planning Bryn's giving to try to give back to Bryn. And this is where Sai is a little bit of an enigma to me. And I think in a good way, because she's tough. And I think she she wants to appear as tough and come off that way. I do think that's an intentional wall of hers, if you will. But she's got a big heart in there. She does care because she's sitting there and she's talking about Bryn and how much she feels bad for Bryn and relates to Bryn and wants to put this Friendsgiving on to give her something to celebrate for the holidays. So I think behind that tough exterior, Sai's got a big old heart. I think she does for her friends. For her friends. So I think I she think rides or that's dies. important yeah, yeah, yeah. because we already know that Bryn and Sai are pretty close that's as it is. Distinction. Okay. And while, yes, she does have a big heart for Bryn, as she should because they're friends, she's not really opening up to the other women in the group as much. That's Mainly Erin. Okay. So we'll see how that works. We'll see how the dynamic goes. If she starts to become a little closer to the other women and then we see her open up a little bit more, then yes, I feel like that's fully okay. But we got to see what where this goes from here. But it was nice to see because it is a good change up. The episode starts with Sai ripping on Aaron and even later ripping on Aaron for not having any food and it was getting annoying. But to see her reach out and do this nice thing for Bryn, who we know is going to be lonely around the holidays. She wants to go somewhere with a friend, do whatever. She talked about how when she uh she talked about how she'll hit up an ex to go do something because she has nobody else to do oh, it yeah, with. She's going to London with her ex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's a lot of things going on there. And that's I mean, look, it, it is a it's a cry for help. That's pretty much what that is. Like, yeah, I'm gonna Go to London with my uh, my ex fiance because oh, see, I've got I nobody else to go with. Help! I think it's I think that she is lost and trying to find something. I don't think she's necessarily like, oh my god, everybody help me! I think might she's that be just... a conscience or like a conscious? conscious? I do that every time. It might not be a conscious. I think I have a, a speech conscious impediment. cry for help. It might not be a conscious cry for help. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't think that it was a active cry for help, if you will. Okay. okay? Uh, but I do think that it was in a way. And if one of my friends was saying that, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to London with my ex because I have nobody else to go with, or I'm going to do this with my ex because it's around the holiday and my family's not here and I don't really talk to them or anything anymore. That's a cry for help. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Fair. But anyway, in this scene, I do want to highlight, obviously Bryn's on FaceTime, but we get to hear from Sai's husband, David. And I always like to check in with the husbands. We got a whole new list of husbands. So we got to get to know these gentlemen. I like David because they're talking about the Jessel thing. And Sai's asking Bryn, what do you think about the line of questioning? And Bryn says, I thought it was a little inappropriate as far as, you know, asking her, you know, you guys should just go fuck or like whatever. It's not that simple. It's not that cut and dry. There's a lot that goes into it. They asked David what he thinks about it. And David says the same thing. David's like, we don't really know. And it's not my place to speak on. She had two kids. Like, I'm sure she's feeling insecure. We got to give her some space. I'm like, David, welcome to the party. Smart guy. I also thought it was wildly funny that Bryn was not there for the original discussion about how Jessel needs to just have sex and just jump right on that pogo stick, if you will. I think they may have said that. I don't even know if that's it, if you will. I mean, it it works. It tracks. I thought that if Bryn were there that night, that she would have doubled, tripled, quadrupled down. 
not knowing Bryn that well, to hear her say, yeah, I didn't really think that, that was like appropriate. Maybe just kind of like give her a little bit of space and figure it out. I was like, what the fuck, Bryn? Yeah. You are not who I thought you were. We, all of these women have confused. layers. It's like onions. Mm-hmm. Every They should change the apples to onions because Roni's got layers. It, we should market for Bravo, honestly. It's uh, <laughs> but Moving on from that, I want to remind you of something, okay? I don't like being reminded of I want to remind you of something because after the first episode, I called attention to something. I said, I don't care for the way that Jessel speaks to her husband. I don't like the little put-downs. I don't like the jabs. I don't like it. I think it's fucking mean. I've continued to see jabs from Jessel towards everybody around her. We get a scene with Jessel and Pavitt, and they're discussing preschools, right? She's talking about sending these kids to a preschool that is, what was it, thirty or $40,000? Montessori school. Montessori school. When she breaks down the reasons behind sending these children to this school, I was floored. I could not believe you would like offer this information willingly because it makes you sound so stuck up. She's like, it's about networking. Who goes there? They had a great charcuterie board at that the was, that, that one made me like, laugh. What the fuck? Now these kids are three years old. They're going to preschool. It says it perfectly. They're going, you were paying 60K for these kids to go rake leaves, like eat lunch and make take a nap. Take a nap. Yep. Like, no, I, while I, for preschool, I do have an issue with that. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to like grade school, Catholic or Catholic school, going to like grade school, high school, college, like, sure. Yeah. Connection. Tell me you're from Philly without telling me yeah, you're from Philly. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, if they're going to middle school, high school, college, yeah, school. you want to start talking about networking. I think that's fine because that is actually important. People who, you know, sure. is important. But she's not talking about the We're children. We're talking about networking. preschool. No, oh, no. She's definitely not talking about the first thing out of her mouth, as you said, was they had wine and charcuterie boards for all of the parents. Okay. Why is that important for your preschool? It, it's not. not at all. And Pavit is being fairly reasonable. I think that Jessel just acknowledges how much money this place is and then immediately says, well, this is going to be great. But then calls Pavit cheap when he's yeah. like, I'm not. That, that's fucked up. He also didn't say, which I thought he was going to say, we should explore public schools. He said we need to explore other options. Yeah, which he doesn't mean that he's not going to pay for private school for a preschool. He just maybe doesn't want to pay sixty k a month or a year for a private preschool, and that's okay. That's one hundred percent reasonable. But to not hear him out and just call him cheap because he wants to send your kid to a public school is disrespectful to every parent watching that has a child in public school, and disrespectful to Pavit. And this is what I was talking about in episode one. But when she's talking about her confrontation in the Hamptons and when shit popped off with Jenna and the lingerie and we watched it, like at no point were you joking, you were being dead serious the night of, you got caught up in it and like, look, shit happens. But we finally get from Pavit, he says, your tone of voice sometimes rubs people the wrong way. Uh, two, I mean, there's two ways that this one, I think that it's a conversation that, that needed to happen overall. I don't know how I feel about it being on live TV. Right. That's that's one thing that's like, oh yeah, maybe if Jessel's point was you're gonna talk to me about this now, maybe behind closed doors they do this, you're gonna talk to me about this now when the cameras are rolling, like come on. But it's reality TV. So this is where reality TV comes right back in. Yep. I thought it was a good conversation. Hopefully Jessel takes it not as an insult, not as her husband taking a dig at her. And she takes it constructively. Yeah. We don't know if that's going to happen because we didn't get a whole lot more from Jessel. I don't see But I do think that there's going to be more happening with Jessel because we do see towards the end of the dinner party, Aaron, obviously, after Jenna spills the beans, 
lets in on how Jessel's calling them cackling hags. Yes. So there's going to be something, at some point this is going to come to a head, hopefully for the sake of liking all of these women at the end of the year, which is what we're rooting for. Woo, it's Jessel not going to happen. takes it in stride and apologizes and says, I was feeling very uncomfortable that weekend. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Instead of just dancing around and making excuses and then saying, well, I apologize. You didn't. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I know that's it's going to happen. happen. But you know what? This takes us to the main event. And before we get there, we have a little moment. And this is where Aaron takes two steps forward, three steps back for me. She's at her apartment with Jenna. And she's like running around making sure her apartment's in order because she wants it to look good for Jenna because she's so judgy. But this is the part that irked me. She breaks out a boob mug, right? She's like, oh, my mom used this in the 80s. Jenna quickly points out, like, that's a creamer cup. Aaron bought this shit a week ago. And then it was like, oh, my God, Jenna would love this. I'm going to tell her it was my mom. That's what you think? 1,000%. Because you wouldn't say that this is a mug had your mom ever used this mug in front of you because it wouldn't work as a mug. As Jenna points out, it would have spilled out of the nipple because it's a creamer. That's a really good point. So I think that this was a late it's purchase next by Aaron. level thinking by you. Well, I'm also just as the, an Aaron hater. My, well, I'm not an Aaron hater. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. I'm not. My my thing is, I think that she. I'm just trying to see. It's my Diana Jenkins theory. Okay. I think that she is pulling Elisa Rinna with Diana Jenkins, where this is like, oh wow, she has real notoriety. She walks in the room, people know who the fuck Jenna Lyons is. I'm gonna crawl up her butt so I can be her best friend. She's already talked about how she's so close with her, but she's not. She's clearly not. It's an interesting theory. That's my theory. Noted that's Aaron theory and I'm, Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, but that's when we start to get the tea. Okay. And we get the quick cut of Jessel and Jenna. They're shopping together and they seem to have squashed everything. Jessel's big issue is that Jenna didn't take the time to talk to her on the side about her having a problem. Now, where I do believe that that is usually the best way to go about things, if you disrespect her in front of the entire group, you deserve to then be dragged in front of the entire group. That's how I always feel. If you're going to present it in front of an audience, you need to take your beating in front of the audience. I agree. And also, it just clicked right now. I do believe that Jenna did that on purpose by telling Aaron. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because she feels scorned by Jessel not liking the lingerie. 100%. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Jenna Lyons is a little bit sneakier than we yeah. thought. One of the good things we get from this, Jessel and Pavitt, they're discussing their sex life so Maybe they went about it a little uncouth. Maybe they were a little strong-worded. It works. They are able to have a conversation. They are talking about a staycation, but I called it a bangcation. Bangcation works, too. <laughs> I like journal. Because yeah. they're going to go to a hotel for the weekend in New York, take care of business, get back on track. I don't care how you feel about Jessel. I don't like Jessel, but I'm happy that these two could like come to terms on this one because I'm I'm sure it's constantly hanging over their head it's like the elephant in the room that i'm sure they're not talking about or having sex with so yeah f- go fuck that elephant but uh <laughs> oh my god we get to bryn's giving there's no elephants there um of course bryn hits on the chef the chef is married hits on the bartender bartender's married everybody else arrives and aaron and Sai are still not like totally cool no they're they're still not totally cool and i think that it's we're just kind of seeing right now Aaron go through pretty much every other person in the group that she has issues with. Yeah. Not and one it's like, all right, yeah, we squashed that one. We're good. Uh, the whole Bryn thing came to an end. She slept in the same bed with me. We had a lot of fun in the morning. She's good. 
great. Sai starts complaining about the food. All right, now I've got issues with Sai. Yep. It just seems to keep popping up. And I don't know who's necessarily at fault. I don't know if there's a target on Aaron's back right I now. I think this is going to be Aaron's role because I think, one, she rolls with it quickly. But two, I think that she likes it. And I think she probably does. I, I do get that idea that she does take some enjoyment out of this kind of being the center of attention in a negative way. Is that what way. it is? Because here's, here's what like perked my ears up. It was the scene between, and they're all at Friendsgiving, and Jessel goes up to Aaron, and she's asking about the service for her grandmother. That's not a crazy thing to talk about. I thought it was weird. Like I think that the way that Jessel like, worded everything, and it was an awkward interaction, but I do think that at the heart of it, Jessel was doing her best to be compassionate in this moment. Yeah, I don't think that Aaron was annoyed that she did that. I you know, thought she, that she the just... way that the aftermath of it, she was acting as though that's what I rewound it and rewatched it because I was confused about Aaron's reaction. I was like, was she like happy that she said that? She seems to be more leaning towards that's weird for her to like bring that up right now. Like I that's, don't know. that's the vibe I got. I from didn't Aaron get that there. vibe. I got the vibe that she was kind of heartbroken and didn't really want to talk about it and also said that she didn't want to bring the night down with her sad news. I don't know. I got a weird vibe from Aaron. Hey, noted Aaron hater. Steel Russell. Back Maybe. at it again. I think I'm right, though. I, I, you might be right. Um, I, I think that the way that Aaron operates is she has a bone to pick with Jessel about the whole cackling hags thing. She has that in her mind. She's going to bring it up later in the evening. We get a to-be-continued at the end of the episode. So it's going to pop back up towards the end and we're going to have to fucking talk about it. I think that anything that Jessel does between now and when that conversation happens will not derail her. And she's kind of getting herself back into form. Like, I got to bring this up. I got to bring this up. No matter what happens, Jessel could actually apologize for the cackling hag thing now. And Aaron's still going to turn it into a full discussion. So she, she's already prepared. She she's mentally prepared. Yes. So my question to you is, if you're having people over for a really nice dinner party, a nice Thanksgiving dinner party, are you going to make them take their fucking shoes off like no, that? No, absolutely not. Especially absolutely women. And like, look, not. I mean, even guys have nice shoes. And I know you're a big shoe guy. Yeah. But women, it, sometimes uh, shoes can take, sometimes shoes can bring an entire outfit together. That, You're going to make them take it off at the door? The shoes are part of the outfit. And not offer some slippers or something? Where's the house slippers, man? Where are the, Where house, are the slippers? house slippers? House slippers for everybody. Everyone needs a house slipper. Aaron got everybody a robe the for the Hamptons. You need house slippers for this. If you don't have house slippers for everybody, you cannot make them take off their shoes. Yep. If you do, then you can. I think that's a good rule. I'm going to start yep. putting that rule in place as you wear your hakas on my my area rug hoka uh, who gives a hoka hoka gives a shit that's what hey i know hey now uh, <laughs> this is finally where the hags comment comes out and watching uba try to decipher what cackling hags means was a highlight of the year for me on bravo because she thinks that they're talking about old saggy balls yep and i don't know how you get there from cackling hags. she gets the witches too which yeah. is even better which is i know somehow that works and you go down this weird path uh -huh. and it's like oh witches what no. How did we get here? Balls? Okay. On board. But when everything kind of settles down, we get to the Jenna Lyons confessional. And this is where I was like, Jenna plays the game way more than I thought she would. And she blames old lady brain for stirring the pot. Mm -hmm. Do we truly believe that the ex-president of J. Crew, the Met Gala goer, the HBIC, who seems to have every single thing in order, gets old lady brain and forgets that she's stirring the shit? I have a different take on it. Ooh. I think that she's, I'm not throwing this around lightly, but. Oh, God. 
no, I, I think that she is, I wouldn't go as far as to say socially inept, but I will say socially awkward. And I think okay, that what yeah. she's doing is really just trying to communicate to these women on a different level and try to share information. And she truly doesn't know that she's starting the pot. I think that she's just talking about things that she that are fresh in her head. Maybe she's got work on the mind 98% of the time. Uh, okay. 2% is the most recent conversation I had with somebody else in this group. It was with Jessel. She talked about cackling hags. Now I'm talking to Erin. What information do I have to tell Erin? Well, I just talked to Jessel and this is what she said. I think that's kind of where we're getting. I think that she is not. It's not even a behavior. It's just she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. I don't like your theory. Okay. That's because fair. noted like Jenna my, Lover steal wrestling. I like my theory better. Um, I think you are n- more than likely correct. Maybe. We'll find out. But my It'll theory makes me like her better. So I'm going to go with my theory. Yeah. We end the episode. Steel's playing favorites already. <laughs> episode four. Welcome to Steel. But the episode ends with uh, getting more into Bryn's backstory. And this is when it starts to take a a tougher turn and she discusses how her mom was a teen. They grew up in section eight housing, how they couldn't even afford diapers at times. And it's just, I hope that we get to see and hear this story only in a respectful way. I hope it's only Bryn telling this story. I hope we don't get anybody chiming in from the outside because I am curious to hear the rest of it. I want to hear how she got to where she is. I think that this needs to be done with the utmost respect, as with all of these women, if they're going to dive into some of these harder to talk about things, let's do it with some compassion and just be respectful. Bravo. Please, please, please do not try to just one her up or try to get to the same level. No, please don't. I hate when people do that yeah. in any capacity. This is probably the worst capacity. So anyone else who might have a heartbreaking backstory to talk about, save it for another day. Yeah. And we're not, this is unless it's a kumbaya thing and you want to make Bryn feel better. One-on-one? It's Bryn's giving. That's one thing? It's Bryn's giving. It's Bryn's giving. Just leave it there. Let Bryn have it because, one, we are connecting with it, and two, you know, somebody's going to one-up her. You know somebody is. I know. You know somebody is. Bummer, dude. I know who it is. I do, too. I'm not going to say it. That's a a prediction I don't want to make, but uh, that takes us to the question portion of the show, and we got quite a few this evening, so let's dive right on. You know what I mean? Meow. Oh, fuck. You remember Speed Racer? Oh, my God. Yeah. Underrated movie. Up first from SDMWVU. I'm assuming you went to West Virginia University. Is Bryn too good for Shep? Absolutely. I knew we were going to get one of those questions. We got multiple. That's not, no, she needs to stay far away from that man. Shep is the scum of the earth. He is dog shit on the bottom of my shoe, and I could give a fuck if he hears this. I didn't like when she was talking about it. She said, Yeah, he slipped into my DMs. We talk about dogs and philosophy, two things that we like. Fucking Shep does not like philosophy. No, Shep, I do not care. Shep reads philosophy books and then recycles it out of his stupid mouth to sound intriguing and that as though he has lived he has zero life experience zero philosophical background he's a big fucking man baby fuck shep i hate shep you're gonna end up feeling bad for shep halfway through southern Charlie. no shot yes you are no shot okay why 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 all right we'll see ew 
We'll the, see. The smugness of that, we'll see. You're going to feel bad for him. No, I'm not. No mm-hmm. shot. From Not Courtney Stage, do we think Jessel has any self-awareness or is she just rude on purpose? Oh, interesting. I think she has no self-awareness. I think she has so, so self-awareness, but uh, she also has no self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she's going out of her way to intentionally be rude. I think that she has zero tact. I just don't think, like, I don't get from her that she's just an inherently mean person. And I would be the first one to say that because she's been nothing but mean. And I've pointed out immediately, I didn't like how she talked to her husband. She doesn't strike me as like an evil person. No, I, I get the vibe from her. And it's hard to say with women on these shows because we never really get to see a whole lot of their personal lives as far as like friends go. I get the vibe from her that she doesn't really have friends. Like kind of like how Jenna. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Jenna yeah. doesn't have girlfriends. She's never been on a girl trip, like blah, 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 whatever. I would say Jessel's probably the same just based off of that. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. I like that. From Chappis0907. Wow, this is a doozy. Why do you hate Jack so much? I feel that he has grown since the beginning of Vanderpump Rules. There's no way. Get out of here. What are you talking about? Because he hasn't been on TV, so all you've seen is his highlight reel on Instagram and Twitter. He has not grown at all. He saw an opportunity with Scandival to get his name back out there and get any kind of notoriety and weasel his way back onto television. This guy was irrelevant. He was over under one season until he cheats on Brittany. Under. That's my whole point. Like, if this man was actually a good dude now and actually grew, he wouldn't go back on this fucking show and he wouldn't be doing a spinoff because he's going to lose everything. This show ruined him. It turns him into the piece of shit that he is. Just because he's opening up a restaurant that's featuring Mama's beer cheese by Britney doesn't mean he's suddenly saved and not a huge, maniacal, narcissistic asshole. Jax is the original Scandival. So what the fuck are you talking about? This guy's awful, and he's going to continue to be awful. Are we going to get this conversation like six or seven years from now when uh, Sandoval's trying to come back to a show? Yeah, I'm going to... Why do you guys hate Sandoval so much? It seems like he's really changed his life. Seriously, but it's literally almost saying the same thing, (laughs) all right? Maybe Jax cheated in his relationships before they got as deep as Ariana and Tom Sandoval's, but to say that this man has one changed, two is a good dude, or three doesn't deserve the hate that he gets is ludicrous. I won't stand for it. All right. Last one. <laughs> From Mac LOL. Have you tried Uba's hot sauce and which is your favorite flavor and why? We have not, but we will do an Uba review. I will Get find out where to get it. every flavor and we will dip our pinkies in it and eat it. I Just will. Kidding. We'll put it on a chicken wing. No, we'll dip our pinkies and you have to eat it off of my pinky. <laughs> All right. On OnlyFans. On OnlyBros. Find a paywall. OnlyBros. Anyway, that's all I got. You got anything else? No. Well, remember to follow us on all of our socials at Brav underscore bros. Follow us on, or sorry, subscribe to our YouTube at Brav Bros Podcast. And just be on the lookout for some things. We've, uh, you know, it's summertime and it's been a little bit of a lull with the Bravo show. So we haven't been making as many waves. We've been focusing on the live show as well. The bros are locked in now. We got some things on the horizon. We're getting excited. We're getting revved up, ready for like... I'd say season two is good. This has kind of been our off season the past like two months. Yeah, we line up with the uh, football season. Yeah. So look, we're we're gearing up once mid to late August hits. We got a lot of shit that's about to come your way. So pay attention to the socials. Keep following us. Keep listening. Keep leaving those five star reviews. And we'll see you on Friday. Friday. Rob Bros are out of here.